Welcome to the Your Destiny Podcast. So my little topic this afternoon is how to respond to the prophetic. And um, I mean, honestly, I think we've probably talked about it all. But this is a bit of a summary and a bit of a, maybe a bit of a discussion uh, about how to respond to the prophetic. So um, I... I think the first thing to say about the prophetic is God is not telling you what is definitely going to happen. So it's not like looking into the future and saying, this is how it is. Meaning, you know, God's called me to, you know, Mexico. And actually, I've no desire whatsoever to go to Mexico. Okay, God is not, God is not, saying, God is not saying, you know, this is absolutely how it is. This is the only, you know, the only thing for you. And um, I think it was probably Ivan and Isabel, because most of my kind of understanding has come from them, because they taught us a lot in church. I think this comes from them. Prophecy is like the diving board into the pool of opportunity, okay? So it's not, it's not predicting exactly what will happen in your future. It's, it's giving you the opportunity to get a glimpse of what could be. Um, but I don't think God works in a way that is outside of us. So we have our part to play in it, which means we have to respond to it. And so uh, I know there were prophets like Jeremiah in the Old Testament who tried to get out of it. And and God said, you know, no, before you were born, I formed you for this. And, you know, you will speak my word. And I think that's Old Testament prophecy. And I think it's not like that now for us. God doesn't take away our free will. And um, when it comes to prophecy, he doesn't take away our free will. So he offers you something for your future. And um, so there is a response required to a prophetic word. Now, we we also have to consider that prophetic words are not perfect, okay? So yes, you can believe God 100% this word is for me, but we always have to remember it comes from a man or a woman who is imperfect for for all the ways we've talked about, maybe they added a little bit, maybe it was too short and they thought they'd explain it in their own way. So so we just have to, you know, keep these two in perspective. One is it's not a perfect word. Uh, it might actually be a perfect word, but we have just not understood it, how God said it. And um, this is kind of a bit of a horrible example, but it, it was quite a, a kind of sober learning curve for us uh, in another church I was in and there was a lady whose son um, was in the army in the air force and was uh, over Iraq and the plane was lost and she really felt very strongly that God had said he won't die in the desert and for that she believed that to mean he's alive and actually he wasn't alive and he hadn't died in the desert so they'd just been killed outright in the plane. And what was happening with some of these guys is they were getting landing in the desert and then dying after days and days in the desert. So it's a bit of a horrible example, um, you know, of, of God saying something to her, which we thought meant one thing. And then actually what he said was true. I'm not sure. I'm not sure why God said that or why she heard that. Um, but God can say something that is entirely right. And we just completely out of our own desires, our own understanding, our own hopes, whatever, just don't get it 
Right. So I think we have to understand there's that part of us that um, that interprets according to how we understand. So, so I've, I've written a little list of what, what do you do when you've got a prophetic word. And of course, the first thing that we've talked about is you record it. And it, it is really, really important. Partly because if you don't, you'll never remember it. And secondly, because it, it's, a, it's a part of honoring it. So if you get it and you just don't bother about it, then you, you, you'll forget about it. And it, it's, you know, it, it means that it's not that important to you. Now, okay, if I come up to you and say, you know, I really believe God's saying I want to encourage you today to press on into the things. You know, you don't have to write that down and memorize it and repeat it. But when it comes to a, you know, a prophetic word of any greater level than just a simple encouragement, then honestly, just record it. When, when, we, when I kind of got my first kind of a longer prophetic word, I actually wrote them out. I've, I've still got them written out. And um, for me, it was quite a good lesson in, in writing it out, which I'll tell you about in a minute. But um, I remember typing out Andy and Sharon's years ago. You know, they got them on tape, and I typed them out for them. And um, I can still remember... What, what was said, and it, it's the, like uh, Timo was saying yesterday, it's about listening to other people's prophetic words as well and, you know, just kind of, oh, that's who you really are. And uh, so, so record it. I also have my prophetic words on my phone. Sometimes I do go back and listen to them, and uh, uh, it's been really, really helpful. So uh, take them seriously. And... Um, there's this whole issue of judgment which Timo spoke about earlier on. I think with most prophetic words, my response to them is, thank you very much. I make a judgment on it, which is correct. That judgment could be, that is absolutely, completely wrong. You know, uh, uh, God saying, go and, you know, divorce your, your wife and marry someone else's wife is is not really going to be an edifying, encouraging, prophetic word. And you can laugh, but there's plenty of people out there who are naming and claiming other people's wives because that's what God has told them. And um, so it really has to be in, in the confines of Scripture and in this confines of, you know, comfort, edification, exhortation. So if it's none of those, then honestly, garbage bin, don't. Thank you very much. It's just, you know, it's just not an important thing. Most of them are not like that. And so we, we make a judgment on them. And I mean, I've got prophetic words over my life. And honestly, I, I've never opened my mouth about them. Because if I open my mouth about them, it's, I'd only say something to, negative about it. Because I can't see how that would ever happen, honestly. And, um, and yet, it's the word of God. I, I treat it as the word of God. So, so I just put it on that very big prophetic shelf that we all have. It, it, it sits on the, the shelf. Um, it's more than sitting on the shelf, but it's, it's there. So I record it, acknowledge it, judge it. I judge it and think, yeah, oh, that sounds like it's God. I, I can't work it out. Um, but I think one of the really important things at that point, and this is the whole dynamic with prophetic words is we have a we have a, a kind of requirement on us to agree with it and that's really really important 
You can have every prophetic word in the world, and if you just say, oh, great, lovely, lovely, lovely. I'm not saying it will or won't come to pass, but there's a kind of dynamic in the kingdom. There's a a spiritual law that God has set in place, and and that is a law of agreement. And, And that is how our faith works. It is how our... it's how things work in the spirit. You agree with it. And so I think that's really important when you have a prophetic word. You don't have to agree with it. You can say, thank you very much, God, for offering me a husband, but actually I don't want a husband. Okay? And that's absolutely fine. You don't have to have what God is saying. I offer it to you because you have a a free will. Um, But for most prophetic words that you think, yeah, that really sounds like God, I can see it happening, or I cannot see it happening. Either way, I would say the really important thing is agree with it, if that's what you want to do. Because that sets something in motion in the spirit, in a way, that kind of says, no, we're in agreement. I'm in agreement with God. And, And that's part of what faith is, I think. So there has to be a faith response to a prophetic word. God, God is not a fortune teller, and we are not robots who just have to, have to do exactly what he has planned for us. We have a free will, and we can, he gives us the opportunity to co-work with him and become who he offers us to be. And, and a real big deal about that is agreement. Now, that doesn't have to be any big deal. It can just be, yes. It can just be, amen, yes, yep. I take that. And so there's some prophetic words over my life I've taken. And honestly, I don't even talk about it. Because I I would just negate it. I would just, you know, uh, John the Baptist's father was like made mute. I, I mean, we have a real power in our words. And sometimes we hear stuff on our prophetic words that seems so ridiculous that we we. We kind of talk ourselves out of them if we're not careful. So, so just be really careful what you say about it. Agree with it, if you can agree with it. And, and keep it there. Keep, hold it. But, and sometimes I remind God about it. Sometimes I say, hey, God, you know, uh, you promised me uh, that there'd be dreams and visions in the nights. And by the way, I've never had a dream and vision in the night for the last 10 years, but you said... And that's just keeping it in remembrance, okay? And, and saying, I agree with this and I want this. And that, to me, that is what faith is. So there is a faith response to a prophetic word. And, and I do believe that God can say, you can have dreams and visions. You say, great, God says I can have dreams and visions. And then it never happens. And that's not because God is a liar. It, it's just because you never, you never took it. You never agreed with it and you never ran with it. So um, I would say that's the most important thing you do in response to a, a prophetic word. I, I, and that's my understanding of a faith response. Okay. I think it's really important to submit prophetic words to one another. You know, this word submit, it says, you know, wives submit to your husbands and, you know, everyone submit to one another. And, and we really have misunderstood that word. And, and my understanding of that word submit is... This is a part of me. This is like my prophetic word. And I'm going to show you this prophetic word. And I'm going to say to you, have you got anything to say? I'm not asking for your um, permission. I'm not asking for you to say yes, yes or no. I'm just saying, I'm laying this before you and saying, have you got an opinion? 
is there anything you want to say? I, I'm not going to necessarily agree with what you're going to say, and I'm not asking for you to agree with this prophetic word. But there's a real power in just as a community saying, hey, I got this prophetic word, what do you think? Because they might have a different understanding, they might have a real agreement, that means there's one, two, three of you agreed, God, you and someone else, so there's a power in agreement, you know, when it, whenever two or three of you agree anything on earth, it's done. And so so there's a real power in that. And it's a safe place, right? I mean, it's a much safer place. If, you know, if if you get a prophetic word that God says you're going to marry somebody from Brazil and the next Brazilian turns up, sorry, I just came to mind, the next Brazilian that came turned up, you know, you run off and marry and didn't tell anybody. It's not, it's not a great way of living your life. Yes, God might have said, but it's just not, it's not great. That's not why God gives us prophetic words. So, so submit them. Submit to somebody that you respect. Submit to one another. Submit to your leaders. Just submit and, and say, um, have you got anything to say? Does this sound like God to you? And uh, it just helps you to, to uh, agree. Um, there's, this, uh, there's this verse in Scripture, which is an old testament verse but it is quoted in the new testament and it says by the mouth of two or three witness wit, witnesses uh, things should be established uh, i think it's in matthew 10 here now i'm not making a law out of this okay um this is this is not a new testament law that you have to have three prophetic words saying exactly the same thing otherwise it's not a prophetic word okay um so i'm not saying that but I do think there is a spiritual kind of principle here. Um, so, no, sorry, I'm, I'm quoting the wrong, the wrong, am I? Yeah, sorry, 2 Corinthians 13. Just read it out for you. So this is quoting Old Testament law. It's quoting Deuteronomy. Um, Paul is saying, he says, this will be the third time I am coming to you. And then he quotes this verse that says, by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word shall be established. And then he's saying, I've told you before, and I'm telling you now, and I'll tell you. So he's saying, you know, this is a word that has been repeated. And, and I would say in my life, prophetic words, if it is really a prophetic word from God, I would just expect, have an expectation, this is going to be repeated. Now, I, I know somebody who won't do anything till she's heard it three times. And I, I'm not putting that law on you that it has to be, um, because we're not under that law. But generally, you know, if you get one really clear directional prophetic word that's going to change your life, I would say probably it's going to come again from someone else in a different way, maybe from a scripture, maybe something would happen that would just confirm that to you. So I think there is a spiritual principle there in God that says witnesses come, you know, the prophetic witness comes more than once. But hey, you know, if God just speaks to you one time and it comes to pass, then that's also also fine. So um, it's, you know, there's, there's that part of, of the prophetic word. And I think most of us would say that. I mean, I've had I've had prophetic words, and somebody will say exactly the same thing. I mean, it happened, the other, it happened yesterday, almost word to word, the same thing. So 
it encourages you because you think, yeah, God, you said that, and now you're still saying it. And uh, it kind of makes that prophetic word a more solid kind of thing in my life. Right, this is the whole thing about um, what do you do about it, okay? Faith has action, right? So what do you do about it? Do you do anything about your prophetic words? Do you have a big prophetic shelf there and you just, yes, God, I agree, thank you very much, and then you live your life, la, 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 and, you know, expect one day it's going to come to pass. (laughs) Well, I think the answer is maybe sometimes. So there are some, I'll give you an example. It's not quite a prophetic word, I don't think. It's just when I heard God speak. So this is just one example for me. I went to a conference once in Indonesia, and um, I didn't know a soul at this conference. I didn't know anything about the conference. I didn't know anything about anybody. And I got in this conference, and it was just really, for me, awful and excellent at the same time. It was awful because I had no idea what these guys were doing. They were all like wild intercessors, all doing all this weird, bizarre stuff. And I just sat there the whole time like, what am I doing here? And yet at the same time, God really did something in my life completely. I always say I was born again, again at that place. It was really a dramatic transformation in my life. And that was my sole connection with this ministry. It was a ministry that was based in America. I had nothing to do with it before and I had nothing to do with it afterwards. And I got on the plane on my own and as I flew off, I'm not saying it's the audible voice of God, but it's probably the closest. I felt this voice say to me, you'll be on the board of directors of this big international prayer ministry. And I was so sure God had said it, I didn't even dare laugh because I just thought, what do you mean I'll be on the board of directors? I like, who am I? I got no Christian credentials at all. They never want me on the board of directors. I don't even know these people. I'm not even into intercession. I'm not all this kind of stuff. And I just, I just thought, I know God has said that. And, and I know that there is nothing on earth I can do to make that happen. I'm not going to write to the president and say, uh, God just told me uh, I'm going to be on your board of directors. Would you like to see my resume or whatever? I just, I couldn't do anything. And I knew. And honestly, that is one prophecy. If it's a prophetic word, that's one kind of thing that God spoke to me. I never told anybody. I never told a single soul. Partly because it was such a ridiculous thing. And partly because, I mean, I can't, there's nothing I could ever do to make that happen. Anyway, long story short, I got to know a pastor I'd met at that conference, and she knew the president of the organization, and we just got a connection, but not really a big deal connection. And about three years later, she phones me up, and she says, you know, I don't know how you're going to think about what I'm going to ask you. And I thought, I know exactly what you're going to ask me. You're going to ask me to be on the board. I know. And um, she said, I'm thinking about asking you to be on the board. So... In that example, I didn't do anything because I just knew God had spoken. And I almost felt that kind of, I can't do anything. I, I mean, I didn't do anything to make this happen because I don't want it to be anything of, of me. But then are there things that we can do in response to our prophetic words? Are there faith actions that we can do? And I would say, yes, definitely. 
with quite a big but. So the, the big but would be, hold it lightly. Because one of the big things that I would say here is, don't get disappointed by your prophetic word. I, I've been really disappointed in my life before now about what God said and he didn't do. And I had a real, you know, years ago, a real big struggle about, you know, God, you know, you said this and I've tried to do this and it didn't happen. And I just really had to forgive God. I was really set free when I forgave God. And I know we can't forgive God in one way because he's perfect and he hasn't done anything wrong. But I'd got into such a state with God about, you know, what I thought he was saying and whatever. And I was so disappointed with him. And, and that's why I put a big but. So I think we do respond to our prophetic words. And I would say, just pray and ask God. Um, I've got a prophetic word that Germany will be important in my life. I don't know whether Germany will be important in my life or not. Um, you can see a few connections. I have not yet started to learn German. But it could be that that would have been a good response to a prophetic word, to, to uh, that, that kind of word in my life. Now, I, I don't know, maybe God, one day God will say, you know, <laughs> better learn German. Maybe it's got nothing to do with me learning German. Maybe, you know, it will be another connection that is not in my thinking. So I would say, yes, do things in response to your prophetic words. But, but don't hold God to ransom about it. So don't say, God, I've learned German for the last 25 years and you've never sent me to Germany. If you want to learn German, then do it and love doing it and enjoy it, and, and do it in faith, but don't get disappointed in it. If God has called you to a great music ministry and you don't play any instrument, then why don't you start learning an instrument? So I think there are things we can do in response to prophetic words, but hold it lightly, because with that understanding, I might not have fully understood this. It might not have been a perfect word, uh, but I'm going to respond. But that response, I would say, don't let it be such a complete life-changing thing. Let it become a part of your life. Embrace it as part of your life. Well, in this season of my life, I want to learn a language. I'm going to learn German. It's not because God has to send me to Germany, and if he doesn't, he's a big liar, uh, or I'm a big failure because I didn't hear him. It's just, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm going to enjoy it for what it is. Not holding God to ransom just because this is part of making me into who I am. And, and, you know, if it's a benefit to a future calling, great. If it's not, then I learn German and I love the people that I learn German with. And so, so I would say that, yes, respond to your prophetic word. But, you know, if God says to you, um, uh, you know, I can't think of an example, but, you know, if you're, you know, there's going to be another house for you and you're not going to be living in this place, then that doesn't mean to say, go and put your house on the market the next day, okay? It doesn't mean, but it means, hey, maybe let's look at things and hold it a bit more lightly. Let's think maybe I'm not going to be living in this house forever like I thought I was. Maybe I look at how I invest my money. You know, if, if God is saying one thing, maybe that changes the way I invest my you know, finance. Maybe it changes what I invest in my life. So I think um, that's what I would say about it. Anybody got any 
examples of that or things they've done that they wish they hadn't done or things they're doing in response to a prophetic word? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the key, isn't it? It's listening to God. It's not, God said this, right, tomorrow I'm going to do that. Because sometimes we think that's faith. We think, I'm going to do a dramatic kind of big thing to prove to God that I've really heard him. And sometimes it's just foolishness, to be honest. Sometimes it is really, it's, it's really great that you, you make a step. Um, but I, I think m- many of us can get into a lot of disappointment if we're not careful. Just because we, we've been a bit over-enthusiastic or a bit naive. or so, so hold it lightly. Do it knowing that, you know, don't... I, I don't, I don't want to say don't step out in faith because it's all about stepping out in faith. And, and, but it's about doing it in God. It's about knowing what God is saying is about the now. God is raised now, and uh, and 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 doing it in communion with Him, not in any separation. Not I've got to do this to prove to you, God, that I believe this word, and then we'll be we'll be back. And just ask God: Is there anything I should do in response to this? You know, you say uh, I'm going to be, uh, you know, preaching in the nations. Well, maybe maybe start preaching at home or leading a house group or, you know, teaching the kids in, in youth. There's always, there's always steps towards, um, maybe this is just one for me. Um, and maybe it's just my kind of (laughs) response, but I had a real problem with offense in prophecy and, and I got really offended quite a lot and I can still get offended. And, um, I just give you a little story that, when Ivan and Isabel first came here, um, I was really skeptical about the prophetic. And I just thought, what's wrong with Christians? Why can't they just get on with their life? Why do they always need a bit of a encouragement? I was quite a different person to the one I am now. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like really skeptical about this. And it's like, here's Ivan and Isabel, you know, these amazing people who've come to church. I'd just moved to the church. So I was really not into any of this kind of stuff but everybody was getting 20 minute appointments um of to to see them and and you'd got your 20 minute slot and they prophesied and of course i'd made my big decision then that ivan was a bit of a hopeless prophet and isabel was the real you know good prophetess because she was the seer and she was the one that i really liked and ivan just didn't seem up to it in my opinion so i'd already kind of set myself up for this and and What I'm trying to explain to you is our heart attitude at the time of receiving a prophecy can really affect the way we receive it. So anyway, I went to June and Brian's house at the time, went in for my appointment. There they're both sitting. As I went in, Isabel got up and walked out. 
So I'm thinking, well, God, I know you've already got nothing to say to me because you never have had anything to say to me. Because uh, that's what I thought. God would never have anything to say to me. And now just look at that. There's the proof. The one with the real gifts walk out of the room and I'm left with this kind of duffer. Um, I absolutely love Ivan. I was completely wrong about him. But that's what I was thinking about him at that time. So Ivan sat there and um, I'm like... I wasn't quite arms folded, but I was in my heart. I was a bit kind of... And um, he he said a few things, and this is what I heard, right? He said something like, um, there's a postman that calls round at the door once in a while and he drops something through the letterbox. And um, that brings a cloud of something like depression over you that doesn't last very long. and, And God is saying, that is coming to an end. What I heard is, God thinks you're depressed. So I'm like, thanks, God. Right? God thinks I'm depressed. And then and then he starts off. I had this bit of a thing as a single woman in church. It was like, because I'd just come out of this church that was really not into women leadership. The only thing women could do in church was do kids' work, right? And I was never really into kids' work. And it just irritated me that as a single woman, my the only expectation on me was I'd do kids' work. So, so bless him, Ivan then sits there and said, um, have you got kids? And immediately I'm thinking, here we go. Here it is. Here's this little kind of thing. I'm a single woman. Definitely I'm supposed to be doing kids' work, right? So I'm, I'm like, nope. And he said, uh, do you want kids? And I said, nope. <laughs> bless him. He continued lovingly prophesying this word. <laughs> And he said, well, I see you're surrounded by children. And I thought, oh, God, thanks very much. So I'm a depressed, failed children's worker because I never did any children's work, right? Okay. And um, it, it went on in this vein, to be honest. He prophesied for seven minutes out of the 20 minutes. Isabel never came back in. And I walked out thinking, see, God, I knew you had nothing to say to me. All you've said to me is I'm a failed Sun, depressed Sunday school worker, whatever, whatever. That's, that is literally what I heard. And, and I, I, I kind of tried to walk out of the house before I burst into tears, of offence at this prophetic word. And unfortunately, Sharon stopped me on the way out and asked me to give Irvin a drive home. And I'm like, I don't think I can get that far down the road without bursting into tears. Anyway, bit of a long story. I got home. I sobbed for about three hours on the basis of this awful prophetic word and God had nothing to say to me. And And eventually I pulled myself together and wrote it out. And and I gave myself a real talking to because I'd never heard the bit that said, God is bringing this to an end. I'd only heard the bit that says God thinks you're depressed. I just hadn't heard it at all. And and, and there was quite a number of things. So I, I wrote this, this bit in my kind of journal at that time. Rebecca, what is wrong with? And, and there was one bit that said breakthrough, breakthrough, breakthrough. And I'm like, what is wrong with breakthrough, breakthrough, breakthrough? What is wrong with? God is bringing to an end. So I managed to pull myself together and um, just kind of <laughs> receive this word. Now that is quite an extreme example, but sometimes we do. There's a little bit of offense that comes sometimes with what people say. And we say, um, you know, what, what, what do you mean I wasn't obedient for the last, the last time God spoke to me? Uh, you know, what do you mean that? And, and it's, it, it's kind of, 
we can get a bit offended. And what I'm saying is, don't get offended. Now, we are much more grounded in the love of God than I was at that time. Um, but just don't get offended. It's not about offense. Um, the end of that story is, um, three, two or three days later, I think Sharon had probably said to Isabel, look, you, I think it was dinner time. I think they'd just kind of come to the end of the day. And I think Sharon had said to Isabel, look, we've got this one girl in church. She got, didn't get a very long time with you. And um, if you've got a chance, can you, can you prophesy over it? I think that's what happened. I don't know. Anyway, the last day of the conference, I'm at work, and I was doing one of these late sh- middle shifts that ended at 8 o'clock. So I was pretty good if I, could, if I could leave at 8. By the time I got to the meeting, I didn't miss it all. And so I hand, you know, the plan was handover. So it, it was just one of those bad nights at quarter to eight, we got a crash call and somebody arrested on the ward. I never left the hospital till about quarter past nine. And I set up home thinking, there's just no point going to the meeting at all. It's already going to be finished. I thought, I know what's going to happen. Some bright spark's going to turn around when I walk in late and say, oh, we've already finished. And kind of irritated me a bit that people would do that. Anyway, something in me thought, just go, Rebecca. It doesn't matter if they've already finished. Anyway, I turned up at the meeting. Everybody was standing around praying for Ivan and Isabel. Somebody turned around to me and said, oh, we've already finished. And um, so I just stood at the back. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and um, <laughs> anyway, Isabel turned around and saw me and prophesied over me. And um, of course, I was really happy I'd got the, you know, the the real deal now, because Isabel, in my opinion, was the real deal. Honestly, she prophesied exactly the same as Ivan had prophesied. I've got these two prophecies. He expresses it in a slightly different way. It's almost exactly the same. Of course, God had done a lot in me over those few days, and I could kind of receive it, because I just got this expectation. He got nothing to say to me anyway. And um, So, I mean, God was really merciful to me. And and I think, I mean, my heart's changed a lot in those times. But but what I'm saying is sometimes our hearts are not great when God says something. And if we're really not careful, we, you know, in that bad day or that offense, or we just hear that little bit. And um, so don't get offended. That's... that's, uh, I don't know if anyone else has ever got offended or upset, but um, just beware. Don't take offense. It's not intended to be offensive. God is not offensive. And um, um, just watch your heart when you come to a prophetic word. And in a way, in the other way as well. You know, if you're desperately, desperately, you know, desperately wanting to get married and somebody comes out and says, oh, God says you've got a husband for you or a wife for you. And, you know, suddenly that becomes the whole thing of your life because that's what you really want just be aware of your own heart i would say maybe god has got a husband for you but maybe that's going to be in 10 years time and it's a real waste of your life to spend the next 10 years you know living like you know every next guy you see is your husband because god said he's 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 got a husband is that is that a fair thing to say so there's this kind of mix really of um um I have a question for you. Uh, Timo kind of mentioned it, and it's this Matthew 10. Because honestly, I'm not sure I know what it means. If you look on the internet, the internet will tell you many things. It might 
It might not mean anything. I, I feel like I know what it means, but I can't explain it to you. I've tried quite a bit to say, this is what it says. And it's this, cha- it's this bit in Matthew 10 that says, He who receives you receives me. He who receives me receives him who sent me. He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. So I'm just asking you the question, what is a prophet's reward? What is receiving a prophet? What, what, What is it we think it means? I can tell you what I think it doesn't mean. And there's websites out there who are making an absolute fortune saying, you know, if you plow money into this, just like the widow built a house for the prophet and then she benefited from the prophet living in a house, so you send me, you know, $1,000 and you're going to get this because I'm a prophet and you get a prophet's reward. I, I'm really convinced that it doesn't mean that. Matthew 10, 30, uh, Matthew 10, 41. Well, does it? Does it mean, is this, only a, is this only referring to the office of the prophet? Yeah. Go on. Go on. Yeah, 40 and 41, yeah. So I think that's a really valid interpretation that it's about the gifting of the prophetic. And if you receive, because we're talking about how to respond to prophetic word. And this is a verse we have to look at, isn't it? Because it says, you know, you receive a prophet and you, you receive the reward. So, the, so that's one idea, isn't it? That it's something about the fact that you too can minister in that way. I think a prophet is anybody who's prophesying. When the prophetic yeah, comes to pass, when you live in the benefit of, of God, yeah, 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 
I think that's true, isn't it? Because prophetic words are for your comfort, your edification, your exhortation. All of us want to be comforted, exhorted, and edified. So there's a, there is a part of that that says if you respect the word that is coming and respect it as the word of God for you, with all the understanding that we have that this is a human being with their limitations and with my limitations, and, uh, and yet my heart is one of respecting and honoring that that is coming to me. So I wasn't really honoring Ivan the very first time I met him because I thought, no, this doesn't... Um, there's that heart attitude that says, yeah, I'm going to respect you. <laughs> oh, God, God is merciful to me. At least I went. He didn't knock on my door, but Sunday, because on Sunday it's time to go to church. Yeah. So he got me there. But if God wants to talk to me, he's going to knock on my door. I'm not going to. But in a way, that's exactly the opposite of honoring the prophet, isn't it? It's, it's quite a good example of, of saying, no, God has put in place in our community of living together. This ability of other people to also hear from God for us. Not because we can't hear ourselves, but it's a dynamic of us living together and it's how our community works. That we, we're a body and we, we share in it. And um, I mean, I would have very much said, well, if God wants to speak to me, he can speak to me kind of thing. But that actually isn't how God has ordained that we live together as community. He has given us the gift of the prophetic, not because I can't hear God for myself, but because we're a body and, and we have a corporate corporate responsibility. So, I mean, it's a really good example of, of honoring the prophet. I don't think it's spending sending billions of dollars to people. I don't think that that's what it's about, although those that live by the word should be supported. So, you know, should... So there's nothing wrong with that. But you look, on, you look up, you, look up um, you know, do a search on what is the prophet's reward? And there's a whole load of people out there, you know, with donation boxes, uh, how you can build the houses to <laughs> get the reward of the prophet. It's frightening. So I, I don't think it means, means that. But there is this part in our response to the prophetic of, of honoring the person who's given it. And even if we don't agree with it, we still honor the fact that they dared to, that they bothered to, that they loved you enough to, that they were brave enough to, and... Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, I think uh, since that time, I would say for me, the prophetic words really have been quite significant for me. And um, I mean, I'll talk about it again later on, but... Um, I look back now. That's the other thing to do. Look back at your prophetic words. I mean, I look back now and think, hey, God, you actually did say that. I never saw it like that, but it's actually happened. So, for example, there's been times in Malaysia over the last few uh, few years, I'd have been sat on the floor and I'd have had 10 kids crawling all over me. And at one point, I remember God, kind of, the Holy Spirit kind of saying, see, you know, you are surrounded by children. And, and people... I mean, but here you wouldn't see me surrounded by children because it just doesn't happen here. But in Asia, I'm always surrounded by children, and God was correct. 
I didn't have to become a Sunday school teacher, and nothing wrong with that. Uh, I, I, I get surrounded by children, and it and it's weird. Um, but but God was was correct, and um, uh, I think it it helps you. Prophetic words help you pre- prepare. Remember Ivan saying something like, um, um, "He by that time knew I was a doctor," and he said, "I'm not I'm not saying you should give up your doctor's bag, ever give up your doctor's bag, but." Um, just think God has something different for you. And Isabel said, before she ever knew what I do, she did. She said, I don't know what it is you do in the world, but there's something important that you do in the world. But God is saying, don't set your sights in it forever because it's not what God has for you. And I'm thinking, well, great. I don't mind being a missionary doctor somewhere else. So that's that's good. I'm happy to be a missionary doctor. Um, but what happened was when... when um, there was also into that this kind of thing that said there will be a suddenly in your life and everything will change. So I'd got this verse, I'd written it out. Every so often I listened to it, there'll be a suddenly in your life and everything will change. I can't make a suddenly happen, you know. I, I can agree, yes, God, I'm prepared that there's a suddenly going to happen, but I can't go to suddenly school and get a suddenly qualification, you know. It doesn't, I don't know what to do about that. But, you know, I, I kind of happily go off to Malaysia in a two weeks holiday and in that two weeks really believe God said this this is not this is not what I have for you this is not this you know this career of medicine is you know it's it's not it's not me and um I'll tell you more about that when I speak but but I'm sitting on the plane thinking God did, did we just have this encounter where I'm going to give up my job because of what you said? I mean, did you say that? Did you say that it's medicine, you know, it's not for me? Uh, did, did you say what, what I think you said or not? This is going to be a terrible mistake. I can't go home and resign from my job and then go back in a few weeks' time and say, oops, sorry, I made a, made a mistake. I mean, is it you? Isn't it you? Is it you? Isn't it you? And I'm kind of having this whole thing. And then this like mm, word comes into my head that says, there will be a suddenly and everything will change. And it's that prophetic word. I kind of almost memorized. I thought, hey, this is a suddenly and everything's about to change. And it really helped me to make that decision. It took away that, is it, isn't it, should I, shouldn't I? What if, what if, what if not, what if? And, and I just thought, no, I'm going to hold on to that. And, and maybe people would say it's foolish to make such a big life decision based on a prophetic word. But it wasn't a prophetic word. It was a prophetic word and another prophetic word. And then I came back and spoke to Andy and Sharon and said, I really think God has said this. What do you think? And Sharon said, yes. I didn't know why she said yes, but she said yes because God had said to her a year previously that I would give up my job, but she'd never told me that. Uh, so it's like ding, 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 all this fitting in of prophetic words. So, so yeah, I did in a way do what I did based on a prophetic word and God's word and someone else's confirmation. And um, so, I mean, that's quite a major step in a few years from me thinking, oh, these prophets got nothing to say to me. If God wants to speak to me, he can do it himself too. Um, yeah, so... Um, I think that's all I've got to say. That's all I've got on my little list. Has anybody anything else that they want to add to the list? Any other responses? I mean, sometimes it might be going to university. You know, if God says, you know, you're going to be the 
Prime Minister of England and, you know, maybe that makes you think, hey, maybe I should go and study politics, law, whatever. Should I? Now, that doesn't mean to say if you never become the Prime Minister of England, you're like, God, why did I waste my time doing this? Do you know what I mean? So there's... Ask God, prayerfully say, what about my future? There are these things that have been spoken into my future. What can I do now? Not to hold God to ransom. Not because I'm doing what I really don't want to do because of what God has told me to do. But just because, hey, I agree with this and I I want this. But, you know, and I'm going to equip myself for that. If God is telling you you're going to be a preacher of the word in the nations, I suggest you... Start reading the word. You're not, it's not going to happen like that overnight one, one day when you get in the, in the nation. So there's, there's a preparation and a response, but, but hold it lightly and don't get upset and offended and don't get disappointed with God because God isn't wrong. It's something in us that has misunderstood, misinterpreted. It's just not time yet. He said something, but it's not actually what we... He said, but it's not actually what we think he said it it has a different a different meaning so just hold the hold it all like thank you for listening to the iDestiny podcast for further information check out www.idestiny.org.uk